0: I just want to talk to you about something that uh, really sort of affected me, this, uh, this conversation I had with this lady a couple of weeks ago, and uh, how I realised what uh, God does in our lives and why he does things. Um, this lady, I don't know very well. I've known her for a little while, and um, about a couple of years, but I don't know her very well. But um, about a year ago, um, she went through some difficult things, and she had to give up her job. And uh, I I was really surprised because she seems to be one of those ladies who's, you know, she's a Christian, she's very caring, and you thought it wouldn't happen to her. But um, she had a stressful job, that didn't help, and I'm sure there was a few other things in her life that uh, was going on. And uh, this came to a point, something quite small happened, and uh, she had to give up this job. And, you know, I was very surprised about it. And... uh, she, she wanted to be sort of left alone and nobody to contact her. But I was able to speak to her in the summer, and then and we met up. Um, and she didn't tell me the details of it, but she told me what it felt like. And uh, being a Christian, you think, well, the church would help you. But she didn't seem to get much help from the church. And uh, it wasn't a physical thing. It was more of a mental thing. And sometimes us and the church don't really know what to do about people when they have mental breakdowns and things like that. It's not... You know, if you have other things, people are very sympathetic. But sometimes when something like that happens, people are not very sympathetic. And uh, surprisingly, her church wasn't. And so um, she's moved church to find somewhere else. Um, and I think we, we wanted to help her, I wanted to help her. But there was nothing much I could do because she needed God's help, really. And you have to wait sometimes for God to, to do something. Anyway, she's, she's in a much better place. And she says she's just been transformed by what she's gone through. And, you know, she's looking at it as a good thing rather than a a bad thing. And I suppose it was what I described as a trial that she had to go through, yeah? And so I was thinking about trials, because we all experience trials, don't we? And we always wonder why we have to go through them, and why does God do this and that, and uh, isn't there another way? So I thought we could read a few verses about trials. And we'd start in Job, because he had to go through a trial. Yeah. So this is Job 5:17. We're going to read a few different verses in different books. So Job 5:17. Behold, our happy and fortunate is the man whom God reproves. So do not despise or reject the discipline of the Lord, subjecting you to a trial and suffering. So did you know we're happy and fortunate when we go through trials? We are. You don't feel it at the time. But we are blessed if we go through the trial, yeah? And then if we move to Proverbs 11, verse 1 to 2. Proverbs 11, 1 to 2. A false balance and dishonest business practices are extremely offensive to the Lord, but an accurate scale is his delight. That's an a interesting thought, isn't it? And then he, then he says, when pride comes, boiling up with an arrogant attitude of self-importance, then come dishonor and shame. But with the humble, the teachable, who have been chiseled by trial, and who have learned to walk humbly with God, there is wisdom and soundness of mind. Have you been chiseled by God? <laughs> it's a very unusual term, isn't it? But have you been chiseled in your trial? Yeah. When I think of a chisel, I think of Tony, working on the uh, round our house or on the thing with his chisel. He gets his chisel out and he doesn't want to do much; just wants to remove a little bit, yeah. So that the door fits properly, so that the cupboard fits properly, yeah. God's just chiseling us to make us fit into where He wants to be, and it's not big chunks; it's little chunks, and it's often. But uh, but we have to be humble. And we have to be teachable. Yeah? So that's the lesson when you're going through a trial. To be humble about it and be teachable, yeah? If you don't, you keep going in the trial until you are. So it's best to learn these things and get there quickly. Because God can then deal with it. But the other person who's experienced trials was Jesus, yeah? Now, Jesus was a perfect man, yeah? Yeah? But he had to go through trials, yeah? And his trials were much worse than we had to go through, weren't they? So we go to Luke 22. Luke 22, verse 28. Just a short one. And he's talking to his disciples here. Luke 22, verse 28. You are those who have remained and stood by me in my trials. So Jesus had trials just as much as we had. So he had to learn things, didn't he? And then in John twelve twenty-seven. John twelve twenty-seven. This is Jesus again. Now my soul is troubled and deeply distressed. What shall I say? Father, save me from this hour of trial and agony, but it is for this very purpose that I have come to this hour, this time and place. Rather, I will say, Father, glorify, honour, extol your name. Then a voice came from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. Yeah? This is when Jesus was uh, in the Garden of Gethsemane. Yeah. Must have been a terrible trial and agony for him. Knew what was coming. And yet he was prepared to say, Lord, it's for your glory. Are we ready to say that in our trials? Are we ready to give up? Give it to God? Yeah? And then we can move to Hebrews 12, verse 3. Hebrews 12, verse 3. Just consider and mediate on him who endured from sinners such bitter hostility against himself consider it all in comparison with your trials that you do not grow weary and lose heart so when we're going through trials we have to remember that jesus went through his trials yeah use him as an example to say lord i'm not going to grow weary and lose heart jesus went through everything we're going to face jesus went through so we can know that he overcame and so can we then let's move on to james james 1 james 1 2-4 consider it, it nothing but joy my brothers and sisters whenever you fall into various trials be assured that the testing of your faith through experience produces endurance Leading to spiritual maturity and inner peace. And let endurance have its perfect result. And do a thorough work. So that you may be perfect completed. Developed in your faith. Lacking in nothing. So there's another one encouraging us to treat it with joy. And, and the reasons why we're going through isn't it. Leading to spiritual maturity and inner peace. Yeah. And then continuing in James 1 uh, verse 12. Blessed, happy, spiritual, prosperous, favoured by God is the man who is steadfast under trial and perseveres when tempted. For when he has passed the test and has been approved, he will receive the victor's crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. So another encouragement for us when we're going through these things. And then one last one in 1 Peter 1. 1 Peter 1. 1 to 6. In this you rejoice greatly, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials, so that the genuineness of your faith, which is much more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested and purified by far, may be found to result in your praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So another one is encouraging us to rejoice, yeah? even in those trials. So, have you heard... As it sunk in, trials are for our good. Yeah. These are allowed by God. Yeah, they're not a punishment. Yeah, God doesn't punish us. Yeah. I know people feel when they go through trials. Other people think, well, they must have done something bad because God is tri- giving them a trial. If it's a trial from God, it's for your good. And it doesn't mean He's punishing you. It doesn't mean you've done something wrong. he's just developing you. Yeah. And Everybody's a Christian has to go through trials. Yeah? I, can, I expect if I ask people here, they could come and tell me about the trials they've been through, how God has changed them. They could probably tell them about the trials they're going through at the moment. Yeah, But everybody's got it. Yeah? Um, things that happen to us are not all trials. Some of them are down to us. Yeah? Some of them are our temptations. Yeah? Some of them are our things. And it's important that we realize the difference between something that God has sent... And something we brought on ourselves, yeah? Because if we brought on ourselves, we need to sort it out with God, yeah? Get right with God, get it straight, yeah? And that is it. And we've got to have discernment there about those things, yeah? So we've got to seek God and ask him, Lord, do I need to do anything? Or is it you're doing something in my life, yeah? Really important. Because uh, so many of the things we do are our fault, aren't they? We blame blame God, we blame the devil, we blame other people. But, you know, if you really look at yourself and when God shows you, it's down to you. It's down to me. So we need to need to reflect on that. But uh, when, when you're going through the trial, or perhaps even when you've been through it, you're always thinking, well, why, Lord, did I have to go through that? Yeah? It's nice to know why you're going through something, isn't it? It's nice to think there's a benefit here. Yeah? God doesn't always reveal it to us in the trial. He doesn't always reveal it to us after the trial. Sometimes you just have to accept that's what God's done. Yeah? But there's lots of reasons, and I've, I've heard lots of reasons, yeah? God is testing us, yeah? Okay? He's testing us. He knows we're going to get through the trial. He's not, he's not marking us, Say, so, well, you did 8 out of 10. He knows we're going to get 10 out of 10, yeah? He's testing us. He's testing our faith. So when we get through it, we'll be better, yeah? Um, he's changing us. He's making us grow, yeah? It's all the things he wants to do. Um, and he's preparing us for what he wants to do next, yeah? There's some things in life we'd like to do, but we're not ready for it, are we? You know, we ask for things, but we're not ready for it, yeah? God's got to get us ready for these things, yeah? Because if you're not ready, then you're not going to be able to cope with it, are not you? Yeah. People say, I want a promotion. Well, you've got to be ready for that promotion, yeah? I want to find a wife. You've got to be really ready if you find a wife, haven't you? Yeah. And even more so if you find a husband. So, you know, these things we wish for, but God's got to get us ready. And we've got to be patient about it, haven't we? I think we ought to remember the main reason it is for God's glory, Yeah. That's what he's doing it for, his glory, yeah? And anything else is a benefit, yeah? The one I always find difficult is when people say, you went through that so you can help other people. And I go, thank you, Lord, (laughs) what about me? (laughs) I didn't want to go through that for other people. But um, this lady who's gone through this thing was talking to me about it, and she, she was telling me about this thing. She was saying the church wasn't very supportive and she moved church. Um, She she felt inadequate. She felt that she wasn't good enough and that everything that was happening to her was because of this. And so she moved on. But after she moved on, a few people from the church have approached her and talked to her about it. And said, I'm going through something similar and I want to talk to you about it. They saw the difficulty she was facing and asked her, what, what did they see? And she said, they saw my fragility, yeah? they saw that she was struggling, yeah? she may have looked fine before this happened but they saw that she was imperfect and she thought that was so lovely that people who have these things and couldn't talk to anybody else could come to her because they could see she was somebody who would understand. Yeah. Um, it's, not a, it's not a thing that I can exhibit very well, fragility. Yeah. I don't know about you, I'm not very good at doing it, yeah? I think because you're a Christian, you sometimes think you've got to be all together all the time, yeah? If we're Christian and God has saved us, we've got to be perfect, yeah? But it doesn't work. But you can hide it to some degree, aren't you? Can't you? Some things happen and they're too big to hide, yeah? Like this lady, she couldn't hide it. But that's how people realize we're human, Yeah? if we are touched by things that happen to us, yeah? We're not superhuman, yeah? We're not perfect, yeah? But people think they have to be perfect to be a Christian, don't they? You talk to so many people, I've got to get my life right, I'm not good enough. We're no, we're no different to them, are we? And sometimes, in our weakness, people can relate to us more than they can in our, in our strength. Yeah? And I thought, we can't really help people through their circumstances, yeah? One is, people don't really want help some of the time, do they? And they don't want people to come along and say, I know how you feel, I've been through this, because they say, no, you don't know how I feel. <laughs> you haven't been through this, yeah? Yeah? What we need to do is support them while God sorts their life out. Yeah? And that's the only way we can do. Can we, can we listen? Can we be caring? Can we show them we know that you don't have to be perfect, we can. But there's no way we can sort people's lives out. Yeah. Have you tried it? Doesn't work, does it? It can actually make it more difficult for people. Yeah, because what they need to do is get to God, not to you and me. They need to. No good talking to the pastors. They need to go to God. Yeah, that's where they need to go, and that's where we need to place them. And I think, in terms of, if people see we fail as they do, yeah, they relate to us more. Yeah. So I just want to say, you don't have to be perfect to come to this church. Yeah? You don't have to pretend you're perfect, yeah? You don't have to seem you're perfect. In actual fact, it works better if you're imperfect here. It's much more beneficial. Don't strive to be perfect, yeah? Nobody does. You may look at the pastors and say, oh, they look perfect. Just talk to their wives, their family. They'll put you straight on that. They'll just like everybody else, yeah? Um, How can we help people in this, yeah? Um, we've put something on the notice board recently called spiritual welfare. Because we wanted to tell people that we care about them and and how we are about certain things. And so I thought I'd read some of the things just to explain what what we have for people in this church. The welfare of the fellowship is something we take very seriously. The polling points outline principles and values for a healthy fellowship, protecting the congregation, leaders and pastors from spiritual abuse. God loves a cheerful giver. We do not pressurize people to give or to sow. How we do encourage tithing? And there's a great blessing in sowing both financially and with your time, yeah? You shouldn't feel pressurized to, to do things, yeah? You should do it because God has blessed you. God wants you to do these things, yeah? Only God can transform a person's life. God deals with the heart of man. He alone can bring about regeneration. We do not control or manipulate others. One of the ho- roles of the Holy Spirit is to sanctify believers. Yeah? We'd like everybody to be walking wonderfully with God. Yeah? But we know only God can do that. Yeah? We have to create space for God to work in people's lives. Yeah? Not to interfere, but to give God ability. Yeah? And, you, and we need to give God the authority to do it. Yeah? We need to be humble. We need to accept it. We need to stop moaning about it as well, yeah? And get on with it, yeah? To meet on a regular basis is encouraged. This is hugely beneficial to believers' personal growth and spiritual well-being. Attendance, however, is not an additional condition. conditional requirements of salvation. An individual is saved through faith alone in Jesus Christ. Yeah? Yeah? There's nothing we can do to earn salvation. There's nothing we can do to lose it. It's a gift of God, Yeah? But when you're saved, you want to do what God wants you to do. You want to do his works, yeah? Just as Jesus did on this earth, he came to do the works of the Father, yeah? And he did whatever he saw the Father do, and that's what we want to do, yeah? But your salvation is assured. A body of many parts is a healthy church. We're all individuals that God has called, gifted, and joined together as his bodies. We do not mold and condition people to look like us. Our desire is rather for Christ to be formed in us collectively. And we want to be looking like Christ, don't we? Yeah? To be joined together, God does a bit of chiseling, yeah. So we, we fit closely together. Yeah? So when you're chiseled, you remember you're fitting closely together, yeah. So I want to encourage you, yeah. And I need to encourage myself. We need to be real with people, don't we? We need to show our frailties, yeah. We need to show people that what they're going through is other people experience it, yeah. It's just your walk with God, yeah. You don't have to be condemned about it, yeah? You just have to rejoice, yeah? That's a tough thing to do, isn't it? very tough thing to do in your trials is to rejoice, yeah? But God talks about sacrifices we have to make. We have to make that. So bless you. So just remember what that lady told me, yeah? It's in our frailty that we reach other people. Not just in the church, at work, with our friends and family, yeah? That's what touches people's heart, yeah? It's not our perfect walk with God. It's our frailty, and it's being human, just like them. We are no different to other people, are we? We are not perfect, we're imperfect. All we've done is accepted Jesus Christ into our life and he's changed us, yeah? Other people can have the same testimony as well as us. Amen.